Hey again, Chris and Drew here. Wanted to quickly just keep you guys updated on what's going on in the market right now. Uh, this is going to be episode two, so we're really excited to keep this kind of content coming to you guys. Um, at the same time, lots to go over. This week has been another up and down week, roller coaster ride for anybody that's investing their money right now. Uh, well, lots to talk about, lots to figure out and sift through um, in regards to what's coming down the line and then what we've already been dealing with. The year is almost at the end. And so, I'm going to give it to Drew here. He actually called this week a little bit better than I did. So I think it's probably best that he starts. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Hi, everyone out there. Um, yeah, it was quite the roller coaster week this week. Uh, I think going back to, to our predictions, I, I kind of thought it would be actually more of a down week uh, this week. It ended up being, I think, a slightly positive week for most people. Um, most of the indexes that I've seen were up a couple percentage points. Um, and I'm happy about it, but I was a little bit more happy at the first part of the week when I think everything was up at least five percentage points. And so, you know, we did kind of get, get back down there at the end. Uh, it was, it was a little, uh, close to actually negative week for a, a few folks, um, you know, it's it's the problems that we've been seeing. I think inflation, inflation, inflation really took a toll, getting up to 6.8% on the latest reading. But at the same time, there were good jobs numbers. You know, the lowest job uh, weekly claims since I think like the 1960s or something, like 1969. So it's an interesting time where there's still a lot of people out of the labor force. There's still, um, there's still, some, some struggle keeping up with hiring workers that's causing the supply uh, issue. Now too many workers is causing the issue instead of too few, which is pretty crazy to see higher inflation means longer term uh, growth stocks suffered a bit after bouncing halfway through the week. Um, I think that, I think that we're going to see this kind of activity. Uh, I did ask everyone last week, are we going to see a Santa Claus rally? And I think we started to see one in the beginning, uh, or at least it was kind of a bounce from the horrible, horrible week we had last week. So I don't know if it was more of a dead cat bounce situation um, or if this is the rumblings of something good. We did also hear from um, Fed chair um, that uh, that we are going to might see an increase in bond purchase, uh, 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 sorry, tapering off double the speed of, of bond, uh, uh, of having bond purchases in the market. So clearly there's some, there's some, uh, fear going on even by the federal reserve. Um, and I don't know, I think it's probably going to be too little too late. Uh, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what Chris thinks here. Um, either way, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that next week when we get to that, it'll be another kind of one of those, who's going to be right. Who's going to be wrong. I think any, any, anything goes in this market at the end of the year in 2021. So that's all I have here. Uh, excited to, to get into it later on. All right. Yeah, that was a pretty good recap. I mean, I feel the same way. So what essentially I'm looking at on my end, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more heavily invested as a reminder to those that are new to the show um, in tech stocks. Um, 
very high short-term growth, hopefully long-term growth. But at the same time, I know that some of these things have fleeting uh, profitability. Um, and the other end is cryptocurrency is, is really what I'm heavy on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a world that I dabbled in starting in 2021. Um, obviously wanted to jump on the roller coaster there. So what I've seen on my end is a lot of, a little bit of what Drew saw on his end, but on the back half, I saw a little bit more of a beating. So what I noticed immediately in Monday through Wednesday was a nice big bounce up, right? Monday was exactly what I was hoping for. And what I mentioned on the last show, uh, we're looking for a quick pop, which we did hold and sustain through Tuesday and Wednesday. But like Drew mentioned, with the jobs numbers coming in positively and the inflation numbers coming in negatively, um, it kind of balanced things out. And at the end of the day, we went back to being kind of a flat week. So Thursday and Friday wiped out a lot of the earlier week gains. Really where I'm at is kind of a flat zone in terms of where I started and where I ended the week. Um, so nothing to really write home about. But there are a few takeaways that I really wanted to go over before you know, moving on to what's coming. So Santa Claus rally, uh, I don't think we saw that. I think it's still, I think there's still time for that. Uh, we have to digest those inflation numbers. Just as a reminder for those people, like we, we ended October with a 6.2% inflation rate year over year. We jumped that to 6.8% year over year in November. That is both worrying and optimistic. There's, <clears throat> we haven't seen inflation numbers like this since the early 80s. So we're looking at inflation numbers that we haven't seen in, in almost four decades. Uh, that's problematic, right? It's meaning that life is getting a little bit more expensive. At the same time, it means a very fast growing economy. Um, we, are, we are rebounding to pre-pandemic economy rates faster than anybody could have predicted. And with that comes a lot of great market movement. Uh, on top of that, the, the ones I saw taking, a, taking the biggest beating are unfortunately ones I'm a little bit heavy on. So one of which are tech stocks. Tech stocks and EV stocks really got pummeled this week. Um, and it's just one of those things that, you know, tech really didn't have a great showing uh, in the week in terms of profitability, earnings, and projection into the next year. So right now looks like a very poor time for tech. Uh, And that also has a direct relationship, whether you want to believe it or not, to cryptocurrency. Crypto is tied as a tech asset as well as um, an investment asset, right? So when tech drops, crypto drops. They have a direct relationship. And that relationship played out exactly how that sounds on Thursday and Friday. So wiping out a lot of the gains that we saw earlier in the week. A little bit of a rebound from Lucid on the EV front, something I'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But as a whole, it doesn't look like tech is going to be in a positive sentiment and light coming towards the end of the year, which could spell gloom and doom for those hoping for a big Q4 rally that are heavily invested in those. Uh, You may see a little bit more growth. We'll talk about this in a little bit too. I don't want to get ahead of myself in regards to where we're looking. Uh, But at the same time, if you are in tech and high growth investments that uh, are related to technology, uh, just be a little bit leery right now. Maybe the time to actually add to your investment as I don't see a long-term hit coming for these guys, you know, in 2022, 2023. But just know that your profitability isn't going to be there short term. Uh, Just something to keep in mind as we move forward. So, Wanted to ask my friend Drew here a quick question about what he likes as we move forward into, you know, not even just this week, but as we move to 2022, it's right on the horizon. Like, what do you see being an investment that you either like, or let's talk flip side, right? What do you really not like at the moment, right? There's got to be something out there that's really kind of catching your eye in one way or the other. 
about, I love it. I put all my money in it or I hate it. Take every penny you've got out of it. Uh, and I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah. So um, it's, it's interesting uh, when you say kind of like what I like, what I'd like to put my money in because I put all my money in at this point into the things I like, and they haven't been doing very well here at the end of the year. So I don't know if I like them anymore. Well, tell, um, tell me more about that. Right? So that could be a strong dislike as well. I just want to hear more about like where, where you're, you're feeling very strongly at the moment. So I think it, I think it, it's, it's where, where you think that the market's going to go up. It's, it's where the sentiment is. It's where your risk tolerance is. I, I still really like, um, you know, things that are going to give you a little bit more stability in the near term. Uh, those are going to be those large cap uh, uh, companies that have, you know, potentially high dividends. I think energy is going to continue to do well. I think sectors where inflation um, is going to increase and be passed on to consumers like discretionary spending, those are going to still see, um, I think, better uh, outcomes than some of the longer term growth stocks. Um, I think crypto uh, is going to have some high risk on that. I think any 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 longer commercialization timeline, e- even the stay at home tech stocks. I mean, they might have gotten a, a boost from Omicron. Omicron is really ravaging the com- the country right now. But if you ask someone in twenty twenty, you know, in January twenty twenty two versus January twenty twenty one how important is Omicron or Corona to the economy? It's going to be a fraction of what you saw last year. I think the big concern is inflation and you should invest in court accordingly. So I mentioned things that I thought were more risky. Biotech is going to continue to be risky. Um, I believe, uh, I believe tech is going to be risky. Crypto is going to be risky. Things that I think are going to be safe uh, are short-term bond funds. Uh, especially inflation protected bond funds. Uh, you want to get a basket of short-term maturity bonds uh, and you're, that's going to protect you really nicely against inflation uh, over the next couple of quarters until you figure out how high can we go. Um, and also large cap uh, dividend earning stocks. Um, those are going to be good. I think those are good to rotate into right now because they haven't been seeing so much loss selling right now. I think those are the winners for a lot of people in 2021. So they're going to hold on to those for those long-term capital gains if they, if they haven't already. Those are the so we're seeing a little bit of growth there. We're seeing excellent growth for car stocks. I know Ford went up by 4x recently. Um, I don't know about EV stocks as much as I think classical car stocks that are more diversified are going to, are going to do pretty well. Are these going to maintain levels? Home building stocks have been up recently as well. Um, Toll, Toll Brothers, uh, uh, a couple of those green brick partners. Those are going to, I think, going to be doing okay. I think for the near term and by near term, I mean, maybe the next quarter or two, then I think we're going to see a revival in the second half of 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're going to want to hold things, maybe take, take some out in cash. I'd keep a a balance of at least 20% of your portfolio in cash, maybe 20% plus in, in bonds. Just you saw the VIX index just pop this week. VIX is the volatility index. Mm -hmm. You should be tracking that. You should be tracking the dollar index too, um, to see where that's going. Uh, so, know, Drew, w- one of the things I wanted to ask you, though, like just to boil it down for our for our viewers to get a better feel here, what stock 
or investment class would you hold now for the next 12 months knowing 12 you, months 12 months i want you to i want, I want to look back i want to look forward 12 months now into december 2022 what do you think you would buy today that would make you a decent return by the end of 2022 well a lot of things are i think on sale right now um in in the growth space uh like think kathy wood stocks i think there are a lot of those are on discount so i would just buy into her index honestly i would buy something that's just been beaten down by like and i'm a value investor i'm not necessarily a growth investor so if i see something that's been beaten down like 80 percent, which is a lot of these a lot of these biotechs then i i i would honestly uh, just consider putting in some funds there and set it and forget it. Perfect. So I also have some opinions on this. Um, you know, there's a few things I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the flip side on things I really don't like first. Um, I don't like a few things that I've been seeing in the market lately that really, I think it has been drawing investors for the wrong reasons, but has also done a great job of attracting a lot of money. So one of those things, and we've mentioned it a couple of times already today is EVs. I really think that the EV stocks, because of Tesla's large boom, are seeing massive investor attraction, uh, things like Lucid, um, things like Rivian, which Rivian has its own reasons. They're backed by Amazon. They've got a justifiable delivery schedule, uh, and they, are, have, they basically have a set sales schedule to Amazon at the very least. So they've got, they've got guaranteed sales, but at the same time, those are already built into the price. So where we have to go forward is on the retail investor end. We've already built in the Amazon investor purchase. I think you're going to see a big pullback on those. Be very wary of those in the near term. Be very wary of those in the long term. Not everybody's going to be able to replicate what Tesla did. Um, Just because Tesla was a proof of concept in the grand scheme of things, as opposed to what these guys are doing, which is riding that proof of concept coattail. Can they embellish or add value to that model, to that sector? Time will tell. I would say no. Um, as somebody who's been in the car world for long enough, it's very unique what Tesla has done. I don't think you're going to find the same level of uniqueness to any of these other EVs that are attracting larger amounts of investors than Tesla could have ever imagined upon their, their uh, IPO. On the flip side, things I do like, um, I'm Let's make no, let's make no jokes about this. I'm very heavy on crypto. Uh, So this is coming from a biased place, but what I'm seeing right now is what I saw in June of 2021, when a lot of people lost their shirts, but holding through that timeframe proved to be very lucrative for those because we found a new support level well above June, 2021 and have held that line very well uh, to the tune of about 35%. Last time I saw the fear and greed index here at a 16 was June. Um, In September and October, that fear and greed index was around 80. Those of you that aren't familiar with the fear and greed index, it is a a take of the sentiment, a take of the market movement on cryptocurrency, specifically on Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is the rising tide that raises all ships, moves all the altcoins with them and moves all other coins, including Ethereum, which hasn't been able to break that um, relationship yet, but I think will at some point very soon. We could talk about that in a future episode. Um, just know this. 
Bitcoin is more of a store of value, potentially an inflation hedge, although it's not acting as one right now. Uh, Ethereum is more of a tech play. So people that want to invest in an underlying technology engine, that's going to be driving forth a lot of innovation. Um, Uh, Chris, I did see something interesting this week mm. on the fact that I feel, I feel actually this in the last two weeks, I feel like Ethereum is now tracking away from Bitcoin and actually, actually... Did, did it do better than than Bitcoin this last week? This week it beat Bitcoin, absolutely. Bitcoin um, kind of fell flat on Thursday into Friday, started to recover last night, moving into today. By the way, um, today is Saturday. I don't know. I, we did not mention that at the beginning of the show. We started this show at around 12 o'clock Eastern time. So right now is around 1230 Eastern time. But wanted to just, yeah, absolutely. So on Saturday morning, uh, Friday, very, very late, right around midnight, um, Bitcoin started to trend back up, but it did fall lower than its previous close um, last week. Meanwhile, mm. Ethereum, which was doing very, very well through the week, even through the Thursday fall, managed to also fall below $4,000 a coin it is. yesterday. It's back up over 4000 a coin, but it did shortly fall to 3900 is that a buying opportunity, do you think, for folks, or should we wait? I think the entire market's a buying opportunity right now, depending wow. on your risk tolerance. With a fear and greed index sitting at 16, again, last time I saw this, there was a huge rally. I truly feel short-term and long-term, that's a good place to put your money. A Bitcoin is an inflation hedge, so if that's something that is worrying you at the moment, it's a great place to store your assets um, and store money. Uh, and then, you know, when obviously the fear and greed index rises back up to the 60s and 70s, time to move that to other investments. But for now, great buying opportunity, good place to put your money, in my opinion. How low can the fear index go? It can go to zero. Would that be a buying opportunity or would that be a jump out of your window opportunity? I think that would be a, a liquidate <laughs> all opportunity. Um, all right, cool. So that's that's a lot of stuff out of the way there, a lot for you guys to digest. Uh, one of the topics that one of the things we wanted to do in the show is give a little bit more structure. And so every week we're going to be discussing what we consider to be a big topic. Um, and this week it's going to be a pretty easy to understand big topic. It's going to be on, you know, why would you invest into individual stocks on your own? Let's say you're opening a brokerage account today. You're going to invest in, you're going to, you're going to open a Robinhood account like many retailer investors have done during the pandemic. And you're going to start investing in stocks that you like or investments that you like, but why wouldn't you, you know, as somebody who is new to investing, just put your money into a robo funded account or robo investing account Mm -hmm. that kind of safely moves your money around with your risk tolerance. And just, you know, it has a very low likelihood of losing you money, but it doesn't, bring the same type of returns, right? So this has been a good debate that I've been hearing a lot about. I think it would be good to discuss. Or does it? I mean, (laughs) does it? So let's talk about the two things individually, right? So, you know, we're all familiar with uh, buying stocks, buying assets, buying cryptocurrency. Uh, for the most part, if you're listening to this show, we're making an assumption here that you are fairly um, familiar with the idea of, you know, you want to, you like Apple, you want to buy Apple shares, you put in your money and you own a piece of the pie, right? But that's one company. That's, you know, so that if that company does well, you do well. If that company does poorly, you do poorly. So, you know, you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, but at the same time, there's a lot of return here. If you truly believe in the company that you're putting your money into. 
So Drew, what do you feel? How do you feel about that? How do you personally feel about investing in stocks or assets on your own, doing your own due diligence and putting your money where your mouth is? Yeah. For, first of all, can you give me your the magical power to share my screen? I absolutely can. Give me if one I, second. If needed, if needed. And I'll describe what I'm looking Go at. Nuts. But, um, you should be able to do it now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's more of a personal and philosophical question. I mean, I've been investing personally, actually a combination of, of, of ETFs, mutual funds, and my own equity and bonds since about 2008 talk to me talk to me about the the difference between the stocks that you invest in like you know which ones do you feel that you put your own you you pick the company versus an etf yeah so you know when you're first learning how to do everything and and you're learning because you're just excited about growing your money maybe spending part of your first paycheck uh, it's giving you a little bit more control. Some people like more control. It's uh, it could be more of a uh, more of a, a visage than anything. You know, you think you're in control, but you're really not. So, I think putting money in, in into your favorite companies or you, you might, something you might read on the message board is 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 really good uh, for you to have some sense of control of your life. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time though, it's, you're more likely, and this is historical trends, right? You're more likely to actually have a better return on your investment. If you just put it into an index over that, time, that's, that's over time, point, right? So that's the point, right? Well, why are people still putting their money into their own stocks? Why, why is that still a thing when, you know, all the data shows that, if you put your money into a, a robo investing account that, that works, or you put them only into ETFs, you've got a better chance of making a return. Why, why are we still doing this? This is for true, not only for retail investors, but also professional <laughs> investors as well, by the way. So yeah. it's not, it's not like you can like spend 10,000 hours and like get really, really good at one company and then con- consistently beat the market. It's it's, it is, you will probably not beat the market over a given of, given a uh, long enough time frame right exactly right all the all the data shows that picking your own stocks is usually a, a detriment to your financial uh, future but that, but but it never ends right people people want to do this I, and i do this and you do this why do we do this at, at one moment in time someone's gonna see their portfolio crash see red that happens to everyone and then that's the time where everyone's like i should just put all my money into an etf but then most of us never will after that and that should tell you enough right there it's it's we're not actually i don't know if we're actually trying to have a consistent return i think we're just trying to gamble and we're trying to win right we're, we're trying to win we're trying we're trying to win we everybody loves the feeling of winning and, and, and I think, I think that's kind of, I think you hit it, right? Uh, I don't think we're looking at it from a logical perspective. We're using too much emotion where it's just like winning a hand at blackjack or beating somebody across the table from you at poker, yeah. right? Where you win, they lose. So you pick the right thing. You back the right horse this time and you came out on top. You think that you are now Warren Buffett and that makes you feel good about yourself. Well, you heard what's his name from uh, Barstool Sports, whatever that guy's Portnoy? name is. Yeah, I don't like him at all. But I, I uh, neither do I. I think he's a clown. 
he he kept on saying, you know, he was he 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 beat Warren Buffett over like six months or twelve month time span. Do that, like, do that over I twenty better? years. Yeah, do that over fifty years. Yeah, good luck, Warren Buffett. <laughs> if you want to, you beat Warren Buffett for six months. I think anybody with a Robinhood account, if they get lucky enough, can beat Warren Buffett as well. That means nothing to me. Can you do it consistently? Can you do it year over year? Can you constantly provide a return better than the S and P five hundred to your investors? I yeah. doubt it. And, and the sad part is a lot of the new investors that we see on Robinhood on all these new like trading apps, driving, yeah, driving retail uh, interest. I think it, the sad part is that last year for a lot of the meme stocks, a lot of crypto, a lot of these super high growth tech stocks, a lot of people made money and they think that sure. that is like the norm, right? They think like, oh, it's normal to make 50%, you know over a couple months, over a, you know, even a day, you know, and they think that that's going to be how it's going to going to go in the future. Well, that, that is very, in the grand scheme of things, that is very, um, that is a very rare thing to happen. Like, I think a lot of people, as soon as they make 30% at any time of the year, they should just put it all into, into like a safe haven asset and just say, yep, I, I did well this year. Let's look at next year or let's just keep that in the bank and wait for an opportunity for the market to dip, which it has. A lot of the growth stocks have gone down, like I mentioned, over 60%. If you just cashed out without being super greedy and thought, oh, three weeks like ago, three 50 weeks to ago. 100 times price uh, per equity or price per earnings is, is probably a little too high. Uh, and they could have just is. cashed out. You, you make more money just cashing out and then waiting until the right opportunity to put back in. But people can't. It's like the It's like a casino out there and people are going to slowly folks mainly retail traders are going to slowly lose money over the next couple of years i think (laughs) so what do you so let me let me put it in perspective to agree with you which is not something that we normally do when it comes to investing so let's let's use this opportunity (laughs) my lucky day have our kumbaya moment and we'll talk about that so I'm also I'm invested across the board. I have my S and P 500 um, robo investing platform that I utilize. I use Wealthfront. Um, so we're not sponsored in any way, shape, or form by any company. So I can name all the ones I want. And I can tell you everything that I use, and no one can get mad at me. Also, one more reiteration because I didn't say it at the beginning of the show: we are not financial advisors. <laughs> this is not financial advice. Please do your own due diligence and be very careful with what you do with your money. Remember, at the end of the day, it is your money. Do what you feel is right. So I have a, I have about 60% of my money in my wealth fund account for S&P 500, um, kind of very slow growing, low risk stocks and ETFs. Mm-hmm. Um, before November, my Robinhood account, which I have for individual stock picking, kind of a play account, individual stock picking, cryptocurrency, some of it, um, and just kind of higher risk, higher reward um, investment. That was 4Xing my S&P 500 account in terms of percentage. And it was about two and a half Xing my my return in in terms of actual dollars. Where am I at today? Uh, Today is December 11th. Uh, I am now lower than my S&P 500 account and my Robinhood account. I lost somewhere in the range of about 35% of the profits that I had made. This is why right here, this is why we encourage you to take a look at all of the investing avenues. Yes, you have a Robinhood account. Yes, you are making great returns this year. So is everybody else. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I it was overshadowing my S&P 500 account, which is just nice and cushy and easy. And that's kind of a savings account to me as I look at it, because rarely ever am I going to lose money on it. And now look at how the how the tables have turned, right? This all depends on and, and, it, and if you are somebody that trades solely on emotion, if you're mm-hmm. somebody that can't keep <laughs> themselves in check and follow an investing pattern, uh, can't see the forest through the trees as it comes to mm-hmm. a certain stock or asset class that you've put your money into and can't see that, you know, the long term growth does exist or even if it doesn't exist, seeing that as well, understanding what to do. If you are solely going off of I'm losing money, I should take my money out or I'm making money, I should put more money in. This is not what you should be doing, right? You should be putting your money into an S&P 500 account or some robo investing account where you aren't allowed to pick your stocks because at the end of the day, those that don't have the discipline to do their own due diligence, to have a buying and selling strategy, to have a take profit strategy or a stop loss strategy should not be doing this. Right. The very least you should be using paper money, you know, like one of those credit accounts just to just to get that gambling bug out of you, I think, because that's really what it is. Right. I think there's a psychology component to this where I want to be right. I really do. I always want to be right. I always want to win. The truth of the matter is black swan events happen. Omicron happens. Inflation happens. These things will hit you when you least expect them to. And and then unless you're a psychic, and if you are, please give us a call. Um, You don't know what's going to happen next. And if you've put all of your eggs in one or two baskets, you know, if any of those fail, you're going belly up. Whereas robo-investing for those that, you know, want to maintain their financial uh, future, want to make money in a probably the smartest way in general, honestly. And I hate to say it because I, I have a lot of money tied up in assets that I would consider to be not smart if I was talking to myself. Um, But I do it because I I like doing it. I do it because I enjoy it, right? That's another component that we'll talk about while we still have a few minutes. But I want to be right. I I enjoy being depressed. I want that feeling of being right. I want that feeling of, of putting all my money on black. And I want that feeling of it coming out black and feeling like I'm a god. Like I've beaten this thing. The market that's been around longer than I ever will be. I won. But what if it comes if it comes red, I'm going to double down on black. So absolutely. I'm going to look at that as I'm going to turn myself around and call that a buying opportunity. Right. (laughs) So, you know, there's that aspect to it. So if you're if your goal in this entire thing that we call investing is to grow your money and also you don't feel like you can handle a solid amount of downturn like we're seeing right now, don't do this. It's really that simple. And if you, the statistics all show as well, most retail investors that open up something like a Robinhood account or a Webull account last less than 12 months, right? When that, they, they take their money all- They close the way, it? They close, they close their, At uh, least they, they pull every money that. back out in under 12 months. Wow, I did not know that. That's do you know the overwhelming majority of people that do not stay in a certain asset or stock or cryptocurrency for more than 12 months lose money. Over 78% of people that take their money out of something before they reach a year will lose money. That should tell you everything that you need to know about these short-term retail investors that we always see waves of. They come and they go. They buy these meme stocks. They get involved in whatever's hot. They look at Wall Street bets, which by the way, I look at it also. I love it. It's fucking, it's, it's <laughs> one of the funniest places on earth to, to spend your time at night. 
but they lose money. They're, they're, either they sit their bag holding and hope for the best, or they take their money out because they need it badly and they've overextended themselves into something they shouldn't have. And then besides the, the return, I wanted to ask you, Chris, what is the time that you spent trying to manage your own portfolio this year? Do you yeah, think? How many, how many, how many hours? Cause if you just say, all right, I'll set up like a, like an automatic withdrawal into my S and P 500 mid cap index. I'll just take whatever percentage from my paycheck per week or per month, put it in there over the course of the year. And then that's got to take like maybe five minutes to set up. <laughs> for the entire year. And that's probably how, the best way to do it. Right? How, how many hours do you think you spent in 2021? I sw- give me like a range or something. Oh man. <laughs> to stop and think about it. To get below, uh, to get below the S and P 500 return at this point in the year in December. I, you know, by now I probably spent well over a thousand hours, I'd say. <laughs> right? Tons of time. Yeah. Right. And looking at patterns, looking at sentiment, looking at different uh, people's due diligence, looking at my, doing my own due diligence, looking at mm-hmm. where I can find the best, like I've probably spent well over a thousand hours. And, and at the same time, and then, and like you just said, to not beat the S and P 500, you know, how much time I spent looking into the ETFs and funds that, that Wealthfront's putting my money into, you want to know zero hours. <laughs> and you know what it's doing for me better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How many hours have you spent? Yeah, at least at least 300, 400 hours, maybe more. I mean, probably more. If you can count the new just the news items like the market watch economic calendar stuff, uh which, you know, I think is I, yeah. I I could I could see the timer by the way too, so. Oh, just make um, sure. <laughs> um just trying to keep us honest for you guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, we we rambled pretty hard last time. We're going to try we and could, keep this more of a schedule thing. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're keeping a timer for those that can't see it. I have, t- uh, and I have sure no I time. Ramble. <laughs> I, I have to look at charts after this for about five hours. So. <laughs> I probably will. I probably will. And that's the I have saddest a strict thing time. in the world I, to say. Because I'm not winning. Because I'm not winning. Why am I even looking? Why yeah. am I doing this? Why the am worst- I doing this? Because it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something. It makes me feel like I'm learning something. And that's the other thing. There's a, there is a small thing here, an asterisk I'd love to put on this just before we wrap this up. There is also a happiness factor to this. If it makes you happy, if you're doing all right, if you're not losing money, keep doing it, right? Who are we to tell you what to do? At the same time, just know that financially, you know, it's been proven time and time again that these stable, slow-growing investments are typically your better bet. I would also just caveat that by saying, even if you are uh, like getting an ROI in the short term, you really shouldn't be using money that you need. Never, for never. Any kind of any kind of thing other than discretionary spending, you know, because even if you do like gamble or borrow a margin, I wouldn't even say gamble, but invest as you see, see fit. Yeah. You, you could really shoot yourself in the foot next year or a year in which the S and P actually does go down or NASDAQ. It, NASDAQ went up 20% this year and people are losing money. Could you imagine if the NASDAQ went down 20%, how much money people would lose then? So That's question the for you then think about. So just to give the, everybody listening a perspective, how much of your money do you have in, in some of those, you know, self-picked stocks, the gambling that we were just talking about, right. Uh, where you've chosen the company or the investment individually mm-hmm. and and put money into it as opposed to an ETF or, you know, just kind of a, a, an automated investment strategy. Right. So 
what I'm going to say may kind of shock you because this does include my retirement, mm-hmm. um, my my Roths and my traditionals and everything like that. I probably handpicked out of my total portfolio across everything. <sighs> Honestly, probably eighty percent is in is in equities. That's bold. <laughs> single stocks probably eh 70 percent, 70 to 80 percent. see this is lot. see this is where like even though our, <laughs> our trading strategies don't reflect this um this is where i take more of the slow strategic careful approach to the way i invest because i have less than 30 percent of my money tied up in things that i've chosen myself and that includes cryptocurrency so you know, with that being said, you know, pick your own strategy, set your own percentages, do what feels right to you. But at the same time, contrary to what Drew is doing, um, don't put too much, like, honestly, look at it as a play account, look at it as a gambling account. I don't care how you look at it, but just know that that's a higher risk way of putting your money into something and use what you can afford to lose. If that, if you go into it with that mentality, you won't be tempted to pull and push money in different, like out of in and out of that account as much, and you won't fall victim to that twelve month cycle uh, or under twelve month cycle that a lot of the retail investors have have found this year. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. Don't don't do don't ever do what we're doing again. We said that earlier. Don't do what we're doing. Just yeah. don't, don't do. Yeah, it. Honestly, yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not financial advisors. Let me reiterate that as many times as I possibly can until I'm blue in the face. We. We're having a good time doing this. We're making a return while we're doing this. I, it doesn't work for everybody. Just be careful. Do what do what you can tolerate doing. Okay. Yeah. So like I, 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 that's that's kind of the strategy I tell everybody. Honestly, it's your money. Don't 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 look at me for what to do with your money. You've earned it. Do what you feel that you can do with it. So before we wrap up this section, what is do you do you have an actual recommendation for an index fund or a mutual fund that you recommend for a set it and forget it strategy? Uh, besides what I'm using, what are you uh, using? I'm using Wealthfront, right? It's I, it, it sounds, I, I don't know what Wealthfront is. So Maybe. it's a robo investing platform that okay. uh, it's kind of like a Titan Invest or you know any of those where you can you just put your money into it, you tell it your risk parity or your risk tolerance, and it will invest according to that. Uh, it does okay. ta- tax loss harvesting for you. Um, so essentially, it will help offset your annual taxes, which I think I've offset around seven thousand dollars in annual taxes this year from nice. from Wealthfront, which is great. Nice. That's um, really neat. What's the cost of it to do it? I believe there is a set cost and I can pull it up. For like a right percentage, here. like a fee percentage, it's a management fee percentage. Okay. It's very reasonable. Um, let me see here and I can show it to you right now. And I think, you know, this is a great one for people to look at and understand, you know, this is a great, a great tool in general for you to use as opposed to a savings account, right? The advisory fee is a quarter of a percentage. That's great. You want right. to minimize that. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly low um, to manage your money and to move it around accordingly. And it will easily pay for itself in the tax losses that you harvest. So even if you don't make a penny on it, the losses that are harvested will offset that fee. Uh, again, we're not sponsored by anybody. Um, so, you know, www.wellfront.com. Wellfront, give us money. Slash Drew and Chris. Don't pay. Don't make me pay any more fees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. You know, we got a couple of minutes here and we wanted to try a new section um, that I think this is so, so much content that you could pull from the market for stuff like this. We want to talk about something ridiculous and stupid and foolish that we've seen in the market. And there's no better person to look at or star company to look at than Peloton. This week, 
So Peloton, as many people know, but I'll I'll just let I, you. I, I don't. I haven't been following Peloton. At okay, all. so, so Peloton, I don't know any. I, I I don't know. I know that they're an exercise, uh, like a home exercise company. So just g- give me the rundown, the thirty second rundown on Peloton. So Peloton is a fantastic. I actually, I'm going to be jumping on a Peloton in the next couple hours, uh, doing my 300th ride. Love Peloton. Ooh. I think the product is wonderful, <laughs> and they did really well during the pandemic because of the work at home movement that the workout at home movement people are doing. But time and time again, their marketing and PR department continues to shoot themselves in the foot in ways I have never seen. Starting with their first advertisement, where they the the woman got the Peloton as a Christmas gift, and it basically it made her look like the husband was like forcing her to work out, and people were like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> it looked like she was like being chained to the Peloton so she could lose weight. It's, it was, and it got so much backlash. Fast forward two years they, later, they, they chained they chained a woman to a. Uh, no, it, lo- it just it's, it, no. The guy got her like a Peloton as a Christmas gift, and like it basically made it seem like he wanted her to work out. Like she was like fat shaming her, and like the ah. was it was awful. It got so much backlash. That's mad, mad Men right there. They lived through that. that. <laughs> they lived through that. Next, they release a treadmill. Treadmill killed children. It had like no what? safety. It had like no safety on it. So oh like, my it, God. like 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 dogs and children got like fucking hurt by it. A couple of kids, I think died. Another PR nightmare. They didn't handle that blunder. Well at all. They didn't recall them. It it made a mess. They did not recall them. Nope. Did not. So next fast forward to last week. This is like Peloton went how high? Like, like didn't it like triple last year? Oh yeah. I think they quadrupled. Whoa. So it just dropped a bit because their earnings were poor. Now listen to this new blunder. This is my favorite. Sex funny, funny fact of the week. There we go. So <laughs> Sex in the City reboots, right? Show everybody knows. It's been so popular over the years. They rebooted it. First episode. Uh, the Mr. Big, one of the characters, like a love character of, of uh, one of the characters in the show, gets obsessed with using his Peloton, right? They even, Peloton even allows one of their instructors, a very well-known instructor, Jess King, to be a, the character on the show. He's like obsessed with her. That's why he keeps working out. So he rides his Peloton after he was smoking a cigar and then uh, Carrie leaves the, the one the main character leaves like the, the room. He jumps on a Peloton for a 45 minute ride. And what happens after that 45 minute ride? He has a heart attack and he fucking dies. Using wow. the Peloton dies on this very popular television show. You did, would did think Peloton know that they, that that's they didn't. They, ah. HBO did not tell them how they were going to be utilized. So Peloton hands them branding. Peloton hands them an instructor that we all know and see on the bike if you go to any of the classes. Uh-huh. And what does HBO do? HBO kills somebody using a Peloton. Peloton That's needs hilarious. to get their PR and marketing together now because they need to know exactly how their brand and their image is going to be used before shit like this continues to happen. I don't know how many more of these they can survive, but it is incredible the ways they keep finding like finding ways to shoot themselves straight in the foot and continue to walk forward because the day after that episode aired they lost seven percent oh my god that is a company that continues to blunder that is their own marketing and pr from within that is ridiculous by the way take a chill pill with how they do things so this podcast is brought to you by Peloton. That's <laughs> www.peloton.com backslash Drew and Chris. 
The backslash will get you nowhere. They'll charge you double. They'll charge you double. All right. So that is that is our stupid moment of the week in, in investing. Uh, um, what a bunch of idiots. And I hope they get their shit together at some point because the product is genuinely amazing. Uh, yeah, I, really, I, I hate I hate running outside in California. It's just the weather's terrible for running outside. I'd rather disregard everything Drew's saying. It's currently <laughs> thunderstorming. It's like thunder snowing here. So you know what? Whatever. Peloton's great for me. Okay. I really love my Peloton. I use the shit out of it. It's a good workout and it's getting people that don't normally work out to do it from the convenience of their homes. I highly recommend it. But again, they're not giving me any money to say that. So do what you want. Make sure you go to willandtrust.com to set up your will and trust before you use Peloton. For a 45 minute What a bunch of idiots. How do they not ask why they're Peloton? Like what's going to happen with their product? Like they're just handing everything out to HBO, a company that's known for absolutely shafting brand awareness. And like they, it's ridiculous. Like they, why ask, why not ask questions? They did end up doing a voluntary recall though. I think recently. later on, later on, but initially when the, the incidents happened with a the treadmill, they did not perform the recalls. In fact, they called it user error. Ah, that makes sense. Kind of like when the guy on the Segway. Uh, oh, yeah, off yeah, the yeah, cliff. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they, they, they segued I mean, themselves. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's more user error than the Peloton. <laughs> Look in front of you and then turn. Um, regardless, we're not here to critique uh, how people are using the products. We are just here to laugh at how they use their own PR. And it's and just I- not going well. And I'm just upset I can't afford a Peloton. So. I, got, I got mine from my parents. <laughs> Not afraid to say that on, on, on to our audience here. Look, I'm, I'm frugal. I'm frugal. Let me be. Um, so, all right. So lastly, we're just going to take a couple of minutes each. And this is going to be how we wrap up the show moving forward. We're going to give you kind of what we see happening in the next five trading days, Monday to Friday, um, what we see playing out well, what we see going poorly, and just kind of how to position yourself as the market moves. So I'm going to let Drew take yeah. over from here. Tell me what you, what you think is going to happen. Like, I, I, I don't think either one of us gets a point for last week. I was going to do like a tally point system because I thought it was going to go up. You said down. Yeah. And it was just we went flat, so I'm not going to count it. Flat. Yeah. I pulled up here on my screen, the market watch economic calendar for next year. So I'm kind of just going to look at this and just kind of like see, you know, what could happen to us, I think, next week. We have uh, the producer price index coming on Tuesday. Nothing scheduled for Monday. Uh, A few of the manufacturers, indexes, retail sales, by the way, looking to come in much less than previous. Uh, And then some big readings for one of the bright spots of the economy, the housing market, coming through later in the week. Thursday, we have housing starts, building permits, uh, again, some more manufacturing indexes coming out with nothing else on Friday. So we got, so the two big pieces are, I think the home Wednesday and Thursday is, are going to be the big ones. Wednesday and Thursday, you're going to, and the producer price index, which is pretty big for, uh, again, like that inflation piece uh, to an extent. Uh, and Jerome Powell, the, the, of course, the huge ones, the Federal Reserve uh, statement on Tuesday, which is highly anticipated to, um, yes to actually say that we are going to speed up interest rate rising and, and double the speed of bond yeah, rate hikes rollbacks. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot coming on Wednesday's the big day. So Wednesday, whatever the week, whatever happens the first couple days until Wednesday, that could change everything for us. Um, so what I think is, I think we're going to drift in the beginning of the week. I think 
typically equities do bad when there's interest rate hikes. <clears throat> I don't know if if um, if if that is going to be all of a shock. I think people are just more shocked in inflation. Housing could look good, so I think that that's that's going to continue to look like it's going to be a positive. Although across the different. board, do you think we end higher or lower than the week we just finished? I, I'm going to say lower. Okay, you're going. Maybe lower, lower and, and I'm not going. I'm going to. I'm going to be more specific now. So like a I'm little bit say, lower or a lot of it lower. Give me a percentage. It, yeah. So it depends on like, if you're going to talk about crypto, if you're going to talk about any like sector wide indexes, it's going to depend on if you're talking about NASDAQ versus S and P 500. So give me, just, just give me, yeah. Give just me the to ones say, you're I'm just going to do, I'm going to do S and P right here. Cause S&P, I think that's like the most which was actually kind of a winner last week. Slight winner. Very yeah. slight. I think it yeah. might've been up one or two points. Yeah. I think we're going to see S and P 500 down one or two points next one week. One or two points. Okay. I'm going to see, I think we're going to see um, neutral on the growth, neutral on like tech. I think that might be neutral. Um, I think, uh, I think NASDAQ is going to be neutral, but overall, I think the market might go down about one or 2% okay. in general. So yeah, that's a good way to kind of put that. So I got, I got a minute here and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you my perspective on it. So I'm not seeing anything on the same economic calendar that Drew is looking at. That's, that's telling me bad news is coming, right? So unless there's a black swan event that kind of happens in the middle, in the beginning of the week, I don't see anything from the retail sales, from the price indexes, from the job claims really kind of giving us a shakedown and, and sending the market back into a manic frenzy. So I think we start the week good, um, like we did last week, because no news is typically good news to investors. You know, mm-hmm. we move the market kind of as we see news arrive, and there is no news coming Monday, Tuesday. So I see a nice pop up there. I think we'll flatten out Wednesday and Thursday. Again, no news coming on Friday. So that could go either direction. I think we finish the week up. Not much. I think we see maybe a point uh, increase on the S&P 500. Um, And I think tech and growth stocks do see a little bit of a recovery. I wouldn't call them a recovery exactly. I think we just see them kind of push up a little bit. Um, Maybe sub 3% uh, across the board. So just like a little bit of a push, um, that will be the impetus for a longer term push down the line. But right now, we'll just start to kind of make, like set the foundations for that upward motion that we're looking for as 2022 unfolds. So you think we're going to see any whipsaw, any whipsaw behavior this week, like last week? I don't. I think this is more, I think this is going to be more of a calm week as we kind of move mm-hmm. into the holiday season. There, the, the bad news has already been thrown at us and it's been thrown at us for two weeks so far. Um, unless Omicron really develops kind of a bigger issue than it has, I think we've digested that information really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're moving on with it. Um, you know, once it settles with you, you kind of make your market moves. And then unless something else happens that would impact the market based on Omicron, based on inflation, based on job claims, uh, which I think all the bad news has already been put on the table We've digested it. We've moved the money around accordingly. And I think we're flattening out on, in terms of what we do now. So we can, I don't know if we're going to return to the same trajectories that we see with growth, tech, crypto mm-hmm. right now. But as long as no more bad news comes down the line in our way, you know, in the near future, we'll continue to digest what's in front of us and move back towards a more stable, predictable movement set. That'd be great. Now, again, I'm going to ask this question every single day, every single time this week. And I want to see if your answer changes. 
Do you think we're going to have an end of the year rally? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Through, I, through mid-January. Uh, I would say through the end of January, because I think end of January. Okay. Again, this is all pending, right? So like, this is the, 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 the events that come up, right. And, and this has been the last two years. We just see random events popping up here and there, random bad news, just coming at us from the inflation aspect, from jobs, from economic factors, random, like uh, from, (laughs) from global factors, right? Like supply chain issues. Um, We're seeing Omicron now we saw Delta before, and it's just things that you could never predict. And unless something like that comes our way, which I'm hoping we're kind of through the worst of it. And we usually get a few months of downtime from it. Uh, yeah. I do see us kind of rallying through to July, uh, to January. I don't see a big, like a, a massive bull rally, right? I don't yeah, not, like last, not like last January. No, I don't. Uh, but I see some rally in terms of a five to 10% increase across the board in the market. And I, and I think that'd be really nice for people to, to see. And I think it's nice if you're listening to me and taking my word as something valuable for you to hear. We'll just hold on to hope here. Uh, and... But also Drew mentioned this earlier in the show too. There's a lot of stocks that got punished very unfairly. Uh, there's a lot of value here in the market that, mm-hmm. that we're currently looking mm-hmm. at. So look for that. And I think you'll be okay. What about you? Yeah, I think we're all going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just, I just got to keep telling that myself. Yeah, we, that's not the answer I expected out of you because, again, we talked about this yesterday. You're all doom and gloom. Yeah, well, Drew I, is in a perpetual state of panic. I am. I'm a perma Drew. So. He uh, basically, <laughs> if Drew isn't panicking, he's uncomfortable. Uh, and I, uh, I think next year, and maybe when we do the the last uh, the last podcast of the year, we'll actually have a year ahead instead of a week ahead. Because I think yeah, I like that. Super interesting. Yeah, that'd be really just, good figure out what we want to, what we're going to see in the year ahead. And I'm going to save all my doom and gloom for that, for that session. Oh, so. good. You're going to save doom and gloom to cover an entire year now, are you? <laughs> not, not a week. I'm, I'm gonna... yeah, could you cover, can, I, I, I can only handle it for one week. If you give me doom and gloom for the foreseeable 12 months, I might just stop this podcast. Tune in, tune in to see. Either way, I, you know, I think both of us actually are kind of, falling in the same camp here where things are a little bit more stable. They could, the, the upward and downward moves are going to be kind of light and easy to digest for everybody at the moment. Um, good opportunity here for you to kind of look at your portfolio, make moves. Reflect. And, yeah. Kind of reflect on what you've got in it, move money around to areas that you see longer term growth coming um, and maybe take some money out of those short-term growth stocks um, that really don't have long-term upside. But with that, you know, we'll leave you to kind of look at what you got to do for yourself this week. We probably have some soul searching to do and we're going to do it. Um, But we'll reconvene next week and see exactly how things went. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for your time today. Uh, Again, be safe, have fun with, with family. Don't, don't let this take over your life. Yeah. uh, Like it does with us. Um, No, no, honestly, live your life, (laughs) do everything you can, but we appreciate everybody for taking some time to listen to our ramblings and, our, our laughter as well. Um, and we hope the next week brings you guys lots of profitability, but we'll see yep. you then. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.